Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Marvel Guys Podcast. As always, I am your host, Jordan. And on my left is somebody who can't seem to find any wine that he can even stomach. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. Uh, I think every single wine that I've tried, I just... I don't know. I don't know what it is about wine that just is a massive, like... Headache. But right. Right. But it's not just that. wine. Like, I honestly don't like beer either. Like, I could probably go my whole life without ever drinking beer ever again. I think if soda was healthy, we'd all drink it, right? Oh, yeah, easily. <laughs> easily. Easily. And I mean, the zero sugar alternatives out there, but it's still bad for you it's still not it's good still for bad. you it yeah, doesn't taste right. quite the same it's right they just load it with a bunch of like what, aspartame or something that's no horrible clue. for you i wasn't planning on getting that deep <laughs> <laughs> that's not the research i did for this show um so today's episode is going to be a recap of episode three of the falcon and the winter soldier uh this was a loaded right. episode whole lot going on we got an introduction to two characters that we knew were on the way but we weren't exactly sure how they're going to be incorporated um how how did you feel when the credits hit and you you knew what happened in this episode in totality um the larry david meme i think that's the 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 most accurate thing that's every week so (laughs) what what did you feel once you got over Wanting um, more. You know, it was it was a great episode. I, I really liked this episode. It wasn't really like... The thing that was cool about this episode to me is that there wasn't too much. Like, it, there wasn't a lot of, like, deep or, like, hidden things, if that makes sense. Like, there wasn't a, a, a room for, like, ambiguity. Like, everything was pretty much straightforward. And I enjoyed that. I enjoyed kind of just being relaxed and letting everything happen and seeing it happen and then just enjoying it. It was awesome. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Um, we were introduced to Sharon Carter and Zemo uh, and Madripoor for that matter and almost a character in its own right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was it was a lot of fun. I was I was pretty excited by what took place. They covered a lot of stuff, but it was a lot of extended scenes so it wasn't like here there you know like the past episodes have been where it's like different settings every five minutes uh there was a lot uh going on in each area that they were in so when we started we got a commercial kind of like a propaganda you know Mm -hmm. global repatriation council commercial where it was all about it, it gave me hunger games vibes you know when you saw the uh, capital telling everybody this is you know how we saved our country mm-hmm. and you know the the grc grc sounds like a car com- a company or something but <laughs> well it's one letter away yeah okay Call me <laughs> on it. thank you um so yeah i just felt like it was it's almost like too perfect like you're hiding something that yeah it felt insincere to me to me that resonates because it, go, it I believe it cuts right from that into John Walker which is the exact same thing the exact same thing of what you just said like we're gonna pretend like it's this but in reality it's not like John Walker 
in this episode, he, he doesn't have very much screen time, but the screen time that he has, he actually gets into the character I thought he would be. And I think they're easily, I think they're really setting him up to be probably one of the villains of the show. Like, yeah, his arrogance in this episode, coupled with his, like, uh, uh, what, what's the word for, like, not, not credible or, like, not, like, uh, like, you're not doing your you're job the one right. Telling me. <laughs> like, you're not doing your job right. Uh-huh. Kind of like that, uh, whole thing sure but like yeah he's just yeah he's trying to be something that he's not and at the same time i think the rest of the world is now starting to see this and on top of that he's giving america a horrible name like we get now that the government's doing it themselves for sure but he doesn't help that whereas in the past cap was the opposite of that as America got worse, he became more like rogue and he ripped the star off of his uh, outfit and Infinity War and stuff like that when he was rogue after Civil War. And there was a lot of, I don't know, it's just, they're just setting him up, I think, to me, to be the villain. And I think that that's where I kind of figured he'd be. I think... My biggest takeaway from the series so far, like if there was one word to describe this series compared to everything else, the one thing that makes it completely different from every other MCU entity would be death. How many people are going to die in this series? I mean, they don't yeah. just incapacitate people. Yeah. There are people right. dying right. every single scene. You're right. Yeah. Um, It's incredible. I mean, the MCU has never seen... A, an on-screen death more often than this series. I mean, we'll get into Sharon Carter's scene where she went full John Wick, but, like, mm. oh, my gosh. Th- this is crazy. Every single episode, there's more and more people just getting killed or, or brutally harmed <laughs> in some fashion. Like, this is a yeah. brutal series. Yeah. I mean, it's not... It's it's brutal, but it's not like brutal brutal. It's still well, like it's Disney. It's, it's still Disney brutal. It's it's Disney, yeah. Yeah. That that's the caveat is we're not watching a horror movie. Well, yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, when you say like, Sharon's gone John Wick, I'm like mm, for Disney, sure. She shoot people <laughs> straight like, between the eyes in the eyeball. I mean, there's there's things yeah, happening here. There's a lot that are not normal. Right. Um, it, it always is, death is implied in yeah. the MCU. They never really they never, show the exactly. death unless it's some dramatic, you know, slow death. Right. It, unless it's needed. These like people with Thanos. Are taken. Well, even Thanos, you know, he killed, you know, Loki, I guess, with his bare hands. But mm-hmm. beyond that, he, he's kind of merciful in a way. He just kind of well, en- ends it real quick. And I, I he's think, not shooting people. <laughs> you know, guns are relatable to our world. Yeah. When Thanos or, or somebody's killing somebody with magic or something. It doesn't, it's like, it, it doesn't, doesn't hit as right. hard. Right, right. But the implication's still kind of there. Like, Sure. I mean, he wiped out half of life. Yeah, but they he put them to sleep. You know, it yeah. wasn't a painful thing that we watched on screen. This has just been a different, For a sure. different this setting. Is, I mean, like, 
I mean, well, I think they kind of set that tone really early when we saw John Walker the first time, and he has a freaking gun on his hip. Yeah. Like that. Ironically, that, he hasn't killed anybody. <laughs> like, he's the one person that's yeah, not right. actually doing it. But, right. you know, he's he's kind of good at avoiding fights, it seems like, because every time he goes somewhere, yeah. like, they're like, oh, yeah, I, I don't even, you don't scare me. Yeah, I'm just like, going to oh, go in the other room. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know? like, that's the first scene we see him, and he gets spit yes. in the face. Like, dude spits in his face. He, and he's like, yeah. I know who you are. I don't care. Right. He, like, he basically, he and uh, Hoskins were raiding uh, a place in Germany where they were housing the Flag Smashers uh, prior to them being there. And he's like full intimidation, like Captain America, Batman, whatever you want to say. And this guy's just looking at him like, why should I be afraid of you? Right. I, there's nothing about you that scares me, you yeah. know? So, it, yeah, that's the first thing you see in this episode after this commercial is basically John Walker getting disrespected. Mm-hmm. And he's getting fed up. Right. And, and I think kind of going back to the opening scene with the the grc um i think what that kind of implies is is the typical thing in that you know we want to we want to make life back the way it used to be and and all this stuff and you know what i find ironic about that is it's basically restorative nostalgia and restorative nostalgia is probably one of the worst things to do especially when you're going through an event like these characters are and the people that you don't see, like the ordinary people in the background that you don't see in the universe. Restorative nostalgia is the worst thing for you because when the blip happens and then everyone's brought back like that, it's like they don't realize that this is an event that humanity's never faced. We can assume humanity hasn't faced this. At least... The people that are alive on the planet haven't seen anything like this. They've never experienced Yeah, I mean, it's like based this. off the real world we're living in, so. Right. So, like, we would, sure, we would want things to kind of go back to normal, so to say, but we really can't, can we? We, we don't really know. <laughs> right. Know? Like, but the, the thing is, crazy. We, we really can't. We just experienced something that we really shouldn't have survived from. Like, I don't think people really kind of take that into play really well, like, is that the avengers snapping and bringing everybody back like that was a yeah. very small percentage of a chance that that would even happen so like there's just ah man it, it's it's crazy so what i'm getting at is like the restorative nostalgia thing like why would you try to like force things to go back to the way that they were when you're all oh, the world has changed now yeah you know i i think personally you embrace the change and try to create something better but i can understand the sentiment at the same time but i I, it's it's set up for the flag smashers because to me and i think i kind of i'm not gonna like toot my own horn but i think i kind of called this that the flag smashers early on would be looked at as a villainous thing but in reality they're kind of like the anti-hero like they're trying to help ordinary people because the GRC really isn't because while they mean well, they're going about it the wrong way. And we see that later on. We will definitely see that later on. But yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's very interesting. I I really like this. Yeah. Well, it's going to be about a four hour show if we don't get into the second scene. Right. (laughs) Um, So after John Walker is really unable to intimidate this guy, 
uh, they're not getting anything from this. So no. we, we get away from that scene. Bucky and Sam go off to visit Zemo in prison. And Bucky says, just just wait here. I got this. And so he goes in alone. And Zemo's in like the the weirdest, like creepy little cell. It's completely dark. And uh, all you hear is him saying the words to activate uh, Winter Soldier. Yeah. And we were talking amongst each other during the episode, kind of like, what are they doing? Is he like... Yeah. Does it work? I th- and I was like, maybe we'll find out that it doesn't affect them anymore. And then, like, three seconds later, he's like, that doesn't work anymore. Right. And you're like, oh, okay. So something happened where his brain is, is somewhat fixed. And we, we talked about that a lot in uh, Captain America's decision to possibly give him a sh- the shield uh, because he could be reactivated. But it seems as though, or he was bluffing, um, he can't be activated now. Yeah. So... He, he basically is telling him, that's not me anymore. I'm mm-hmm. good. I've been to therapy. You know, I got this figured out now. I, I think it's therapy, but I also think Steve sending him to Wakanda, that, that was a big deal. Sure, they have technology we can't fathom. Right. So I think that they have really helped him out. And they, oh, the therapy thing was a joke. To, to <laughs> I don't him, think therapy got rid of his, well, his, yeah, his activation. Right. But it's important for him, for sure. But well, like, we'll see. T'Challa... T'Challa kind of realized what was going on after a while and was like, oh, I, I feel sympathy for the Winter Soldier, which is why he was brought to Wakanda. And, and I think that they did something to deactivate that part of his brain. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's that was really cool because I think that was the one thing, like you said, that we thought of going into this series is like, man is like winter soldier will he be activated again or can he be activated again and yeah it was it was perfect it was the perfect way to introduce Zemo into the show to me because of that in itself because it answers like two questions right off the bat yeah and he was talking to Zemo and asked Zemo what book he was reading and he said Machiavelli Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, we all hear the word and it like triggers something in our brain. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like a lot of theories and things that go along with it. And I looked up and basically the main point of Machiavelli, the Prince, which is uh, a famous uh, book basically yeah. is about one should enjoy the benefit, not enjoy the benefit of time, but rather the benefit of one's virtue and prudence because time can bring evil as well as good mm-hmm. which is like zemo in a nutshell yeah. basically right so i thought that was kind of interesting they're always pointing to outside things although sometimes we make more of it than they are trying to but i thought that was a cool little touch uh basically in his discussion with zemo he's talking about you know we we're trying to figure this thing out and he hints that we we need your help and then after that, we get a discussion between Sam and Bucky about whether they should break him out. And basically, Bucky's just walking him through a scenario, hypothetically, mm. where he could, you mm. know, have Zemo bust out. And we see this scene happening in real time as Bucky's explaining it. And Zemo, th- this might have been like in a in a world of uh, things that are sometimes hard to believe. This was a little bit out there because it's like it looked so easy while it was happening and you're going, why didn't he do this by himself a right. long time ago? You know, but nonetheless, we got a prison breakout scene and I get it. Cause it's a TV show and they only have a certain amount of time. They can't do a 
20 minute you know prison breakout which is really what you'd want to do uh but at the end of the scene he's broken out of the prison and he walks into this room with bucky sam and we get the three of them together for the first time uh what, what were your thoughts on on the prison break and just the fact that bucky kind of made this deal with them um so i think that they it, they're so like it's beautiful how they do things like the machiavelli thing throwing that in there like i kind of instantly picked it up right when he said it i was like oh and then he's like hiding the little thing within his, the book to give to bucky that triggers the fight and all that stuff um so you know i I, they know exactly what they're doing like nothing is put in just to be put in and and i think that's awesome like if there's a piece of art in the back of a scene it's there for a reason it has a a meaning to what's going on and like you said perfectly like yeah it, it encompasses zemo's character um and yeah, you know, but here's here's a point I would like to bring with the prison breakout and why it seems so easy to me is maybe because no one wants to help Zemo and no one really cares. So if he really tried to organize some kind of breakout thing, no one would want to break him out. The only person in the world that does is Bucky, which is irony, which is like perfect irony because that's the dude he's not supposed to be around and he needs his help that bad though and i also thought it was really funny you know like the scene with with sam is like basically in the future like it already happened (laughs) and he's just like walking him through it and then he's like wait what did you do (laughs) ask permission later right (laughs) right that's what bucky was doing uh he he had already gotten all the plans ready and and Zima walked in right on time. It's amazing how they timed that right after <laughs> the conversation Zima walks in. <laughs> um, so that was pretty cool. And basically, I mean, Bucky and, and Sam are like arguing like brothers or, you know, whatever you want to call it. And Sam says, okay, we can do this as long as looks over at Zemo. You do basically everything we want you to do. Mm-hmm. And Zemo, he agrees. Uh, it's interesting because once he's out, he really has no allegiance to them. He could have just left, you know. But he he sees something. Yeah. He, he's he may know things, you know that that they don't know yet, and this could just ultimately be a plan to escape with more power than he could have possibly had without them. So we'll we'll see about that in the future. Uh, how did you take the fact that Zemo's like filthy rich? It's perfect because it's exactly how he is. And that's this is really the first time that we've actually seen Zemo the way he was intended to be. Like people who really love the comics get kind of some kind of justification from this episode because in the comics Baron Zemo isn't really Baron Zemo is like um the Green Lantern, right? Like, there's multiple Green Lanterns because it's something that gets passed down. Zemo, it's like a family lineage. Hence, Baron, because that's exactly what a Baron is. So, this version, I would assume, is like Helmet Zero, which is like the last of the lineage at the moment. Um, Because, you know, it 
number one, the timing. Number two, the story is kind of similar, kind of similar uh, from comic Helmet Zero to this one. But the, the added bonus for him being Helmet Zero to me is that it's setting something else up in the future, which we talked about, I think, in the last episode, how they're introducing people into the show that are setting up the Young Avengers, right? This version of Zemo and what we're seeing is, to me, potentially setting up the Thunderbolts, which is kind of cool because if they're setting up the Thunderbolts like that, the Thunderbolts could easily be like a... Uh, hmm. Something similar to like a like a suicide squad or something. Um and you know, of course, uh you've got Ross still involved in the MCU. He could he could have a role in that later on. Uh so I mean it, it's it's awesome and I think that it it ties in directly. It it Marvel listens to the fans more than I think people really think know. <laughs> So sure. Uh, as much as I hate hearing that, like, oh, you know, it's not like the comics and stuff like that. Like, they they do listen to that sometimes, and they're like, you know what, we're gonna give you a little, we're gonna throw you a bone here. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, shout out to Devin for the Young Avengers theory that he did lay out quite a while ago. Now, uh, that was uh, it was rebrought to my attention that the theory that you were discussing, he was actually he was doing it a little while ago on Twitter and Devin Sanders Cone, he is a member of our Facebook page. So he's, oh. I think he's got it posted on his page. If nice. you guys want to check that out. Nice. Um, and yeah, it was, it was pretty cool, uh, at the time. And it's been somewhat justified already mm -hmm. through, you know, WandaVision and, um, Falcon and Winter Soldier so far. Yeah. And yeah, one thing, you know, getting back to the show, but, uh, this is a comic. People need to realize that this is a 21st century comic. The MCU is a walking, breathing comic. Mm. It's its own thing. So when people say you have to use the comic source material, yes, that's the whole point. That's that is what it is. But you know, books are still very popular nowadays. But but or movies are books on screen. Mm -hmm. They're not as detailed. They're mm -hmm. never going to be. Nor is a movie ever going to be as detailed as a comic. But the MCU is an entity somewhat separate from the marvel comics because that's they can never be that and you so can't. you have to treat it right. two different ways but this is our you know some people are going to grow up on this and as their the comic. comic source material right and so in 2050 they're going to go well that's not like the captain america i know exactly you know so we're we're coming from two different generations right where the the movies were never cool back then and there weren't that many anyway so, yes, it's not a comic, but it is a version of a comic. Yeah, I think that's a good way to, to put it. Um, and there's always going to be, you know, two sides to everything or whatever. People, Some people like to read more than others, yeah. or some people would rather just see it on the big screen rather than read it. And like some people it, struggle to read, and this is, like, yeah. awesome for them. You yeah, know? for sure. And it's like Harry Potter to me. Like, some people read the books. And then watch the movies. Yeah. Or some were disappointed, some were excited. Right. Some were disappointed, some were excited. Some watched the movies, then read the books. Right. Some then, watched the movies and, and were just never like, watched the books. Not not yeah, really they didn't watch to. or read the books. Just watch the right. those books are not leaving my sight. <laughs> 
Right. It's like watch being, the books and read being the movies. lactose intolerant. I will not stand for lactose. <laughs> yeah. Not in my world. Not at all. Um, right. Yeah. Shout out to Seinfeld for that one. <laughs> um, so Zemo's got a car collection that only Jay Leno, you know, would be like, ha. Right. Not not in my house. Right. Way better over here. Not in my car. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have to put the car somewhere. Yeah. It's a parking garage, I guess. But, uh, you think Jay Leno like, owns a parking garage, or do you think he just houses them? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. He might His actually. Head's he, really he probably big, has, so he probably has he, some he has, doors. He houses and, it. Um, he houses it, for sure. <laughs> the first thing that we see is the room of cars and him saying, hey, yeah, I'm rich. He says, my family was royalty. Mm-hmm. And he also mentions the first person they need to talk to is Selby. Mm-hmm. And so this is the first mention that we've got of this person in the series. And they get on the private jet off to somewhere. And we find out it's Madripoor. And on the plane, there's a very interesting discussion that happened. This was Zemo basically giving his side of things. For the first time, we're really hearing a non-aggressive, just toned back conversational Zemo. And his quote that I wrote down was the danger with people like him referring to Captain America is that we put them on pedestals and then we start to ignore their flaws. I love that line. Me too. Because that is so relatable. Um, We live in a society in real life where we have teams, we have sides, we have uh, organizations, and we're always by nature uh, looking for something to do with other people. So we bond and we get tribal and we get team oriented and then we start to ignore the flaws of the people that we anoint, that we look up to, whether it's parents, mm. athletes, celebrities, politicians, uh, whatever it is that you look up to, you may ignore their faults because you're so endeared you know, to their um, aura. And if they're somebody whose your ideals match up with yours, it's almost impossible to see a flaw. So I love that line and it's relatability. Yeah. I, I, Percy Shelley vibes all over this. Ozymandias. Uh, all over that. And Did you just speak Latin? <laughs> no. Uh, Ozymandias. <laughs> it's the poem by Percy Shelley. Uh, very, very popular, but it's popular for that exact reason too. Um, You're a worldly person, aren't you? <laughs> well, I don't know. We'll see. Um. <laughs> yeah, it. I got those vibes right off the bat because of. I mean, what he's saying is true. It's he made the comparison with uh, Cap and Hitler, which is interesting. But in all honesty, he's kind of right in in many ways. You, Germany, when they anointed Hitler, basically, it wasn't. They ignored what was going on, but they was also being hidden from them. So let's get that out there. But. Um, yeah, I mean, Germany needed a comeback. Germany needed to get on its feet again financially. And, you know, like they were in a horrible, horrible situation, which granted they put themselves in, but the U.S. was equally responsible for that as well. And I guess you could say the art teacher that denied Hitler from getting in, but... Um, you got poem references and, yeah. and anecdotes from World War Two. I'm yeah. over here just reading my notes. Like, <laughs> what? Are, where am I at? It's because you're you're in college right now. That's the difference. You're learning things every day. 
Yeah, I, I don't have any history classes. Uh, okay, shut up. But, <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's just I don't know. It's stuff that was in- interesting to me back in the day. But um, yeah, I mean, it's exactly what he's saying is true. Is though it, is when you when you look at somebody and you know they're they're making powerful speeches and they're they're doing things that are positive for you and everyone around you. Yeah, you, you tend to ignore the flaws because you don't want them to have flaws because in your brain, you're like, oh, this person's awesome. And then, yeah, you it's like, you know, people that are getting accused of something and you're like, oh, that's impossible that that person did that because they do all these other good things. And it's like, well, you just ignored the fact that they're human. <laughs> like, we're all capable of horrible things regardless of what our character shows, you know? Yeah. And we got we got a couple cool things here. We got Zemo like starting to be kind of oddly fun. Mm. <laughs> he was he's like bragging about uh, Marvin Gaye and <laughs> the, the African American experience. And yeah. Sam's like, "What? What do you? I mean, I mean, Starting yeah, makes sense. but <laughs> stop." <laughs> he didn't know what to say. I'm trying to hate um, you, man. And we also got a foreshadowing of what was to come because. He ticked uh, Bucky off, and he started pl- kind of play choking uh, Zemo, just kind of like, mm. "Yo, shut up about yeah. Steve Rogers." Like, we got to remember, this is very uh, so- not soon. It wasn't a long time ago. Yeah. So all these events that they're talking about when referencing the blip, it was not long ago. Right. So nobody's had time to properly mourn. Nobody in this series has time, has had time. And we're going to see that again with Flag Smashers and Carly. But basically, they're not ready for, you know, Steve to just be talked all over. And that seems like that's all that's happening is Steve's legacy being erased. Even if they're acting like they're celebrating it with the government, but really they're just trying to, like, move past it. Yeah. And then Zemo's all like, well, he's basically – the worst thing you know that could ever happen because he hates super soldiers and and bucky just wasn't wasn't having time for it yeah and it's and it's because they kind of know him personally you know like they have a they have a very close bond and close relationship with him and that's the interesting thing about that scene is that you know when when the book like zemo steals uh bucky's book and he sees the names in there. He says Nakajima instantly like he's choking him out and is like, I will kill you. Like if you touch this book again or say the name again or whatever. Yeah. Stop playing with my emotions. Right. And the interesting thing is that they make that connection with the book to Steve and how it's being used in a different way. But the thing that bridges everything together is that. Sam and Bucky are close to Steve, so they're going to defend him mm-hmm. and to defend his honor and defend his legacy no matter what. Even if there was some kind of crazy thing that Steve did that was wrong and that was negative yeah. and that negatively impacted the world going forward, i.e. staying in the past. <laughs> like There's a Venn diagram, and it all leads back to Steve Rogers, (laughs) seemingly. Like, even Zemo's relationship with the Winter Soldier, he knows how to push his buttons, Mm -hmm. like, over and over and over. Every time he brings up the past, it's always related to Winter Soldier, and then that relates back to Steve. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Sam is not here for any of it. He will protect Steve's legacy to the day he dies. 
So it's just that plane was a ball of destruction, yeah. pent up energy, and we'll but we'll such see a cool them. Scene. Oh yeah, and, and they cool the three actors are really good together. So right, I love that. It's been a fun journey with them. Yeah. Um, they're mid-flight, and we go off to uh, Riga, Latvia, at a GRC reset resettlement camp. Excuse me. Uh, Carly is visiting someone who is dying at the time. We do not know who it is. It turns out to be Danya Madani, and she has tuberculosis, which, again, we find out later. But this is just a little bit of, you know, human emotion from Carly who – seems to ge- she, she seems to be a an outcast in this world and we see one person that it looks like she loved and looked up to and she's losing her mm. so uh, this this hit pretty hard because we know that that girl's already lost and I said out loud I was like oh yeah she's her North star is now gone so let's see what happens next yeah and I think it's 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 very uh like you said, it's it's very human. Like, if uh, and it's 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 kind of a a thing where, you know, um, if you have a loved one that tragically you know passes away from like something like cancer or whatever, it's it's perfectly normal reaction to basically hate the world and hate everything, you know. Even if it's if it's for a few weeks or if it's for years, you know it's it's a it's a normal reaction. It's a human emotion um, because you feel like you've been wronged and you feel like your family member or whoever has been wronged. And uh, yeah, very very sad, very sad. But it, like you said, it kind of sets the tone for her character and what we should expect to see going forward because when you have somebody who has access to a super soldier serum that's pissed yeah. off at the world <laughs> yeah that's not gonna and it's hidden well. in plain sight yeah yeah so next we were off to madripoor uh this was a really cool setting the the city itself was really colorful and gave me vibes of like gotham and uh they mentioned that it was a a pirate you know bay basically with no rules or pirate rules, if you want to call them that, uh, the one, the only rule is there's no rules. Yeah, uh, but it was really cool looking. It, it looked um, very bright and lit up and very new age. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, it was pretty cool. And as they're walking on the bridge to get over there, Zemo's like, "Okay, here's the thing. None of us are gonna walk in." Or Zemo's the one guy since he's a straight up villain. Uh, he can walk in looking like Zemo, but the deal was that Falcon had to be Conrad, Conrad Mack, the smiling tiger, and uh, Bucky had to transform his brain into the Winter Soldier because he physically appears to be the Winter Soldier, yeah. but he had to kind of prepare himself for craziness. Yeah. And so as they're walking in, and there's a little comedy there because, you know, Anthony Mackie's hilarious. Oh, and yeah. He's he's got to dress up as this fancy looking dude, and he's like, okay, I, I do kind of look like him. And uh, Zemo, another another funny line. Yes. Zemo's like, the, you're the such American? an American yeah. to think like a fashion forward black man would look it, like a pimp. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. Zemo's throwing out these zingers. Yeah. Uh, 
I loved it. Me too. And we find out that there's a high town and a low town mm-hmm. and, you know, uptown, downtown, <laughs> whatever, <laughs> whatever kind of town you want to call things. Uh, just like any other big city, there's, you know, it's good and bad. Heaven and hell, right? I suppose. Yeah. Uh, and the first thing they do is they go to a club, as they do in Madripoor, apparently. <laughs> it looks like it's a 24-7 club scene. Mm-hmm. And you can see that people are already looking at them funny. Uh, people are afraid of the Winter Soldier because he's got uh, a mean streak, <laughs> to put it lightly. Uh, and Zemo is saying to the bartender, we have business to do with, with Selby. And because the bartender says, you're not welcome here, basically. Like, you're not – or actually, that wasn't the bartender. It was some other, like, thug in the room or something. And they're like, you're not welcome here. But I guess what that means is Zemo did not leave the villain world on good terms. And he probably is just off-putting to a lot of people because he is annoying. Yeah. And he's smart and intelligent. He's a manipulator. Yeah, exactly. Nobody likes him. Nobody likes him. Except for me. But he seems like a good party. (laughs) Yeah, he seems like an awesome person to have around. I don't know. Maybe I'm tripping. But, like... uh, very cool scene. And then you have like the shot with the, the like the snake. Yes, the smiling tiger's <laughs> favorite drink yes. contains a, a beating heart or a dead it's heart. A I don't know if it was alive, but he cut a snake open and took out the heart and put it in his cup and I, I, his glass. I assumed I, it could be a heart. I don't know the anatomy of a snake. What else? I could was it be? I was hope I was kind of putting it together. It could like be intestines? like the adrenaline gland or something. Only it's because far down. only because. Uh, the fear and loathing, uh, the book and movie, uh-huh. uh, they use an adrenaline gland uh, to get high on. So, huh. yeah, it's a it's a very interesting scene and a weird shot to take. But uh, he, well, it's he the takes smiling it. tiger's favorite, whichever and, it was. And what's funny is like the Winter Soldier, like he Bucky almost breaks character. He's just looking at like, him. Like he's yeah. looking at him, and he sees him take the shot, and he's like. Like, yeah, he was smiling on the inside, like <laughs> yeah. you suck. laughing. Yeah. yeah. And Zemo's all in character. I mean, Zemo's being Zemo. He's but taking a water shot. He's like, ah, your favorite, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, he was having a good time, and it seems that their their plan or Zemo's plan, because they're like two lost puppies in the middle. Like they mm. look so out of place, and Zemo is just like vibing, you know. <laughs> yeah. And Zemo's kind of feeling the situation out, and. There's somebody coming up to Zemo, and he basically tells the Winter Soldier or Bucky, "It's time to be the Winter Soldier." Yeah. Attack. Yep. And he starts beating up everybody that approaches him in the room, and you can't tell the difference really between old, you know, Winter Soldier and and Bucky right now, you know, kicking some butt. So he was he was laying down the law, and the whole room took notice. So basically, they proved their street cred, you know, so to speak. They mm. were just walking in the room. Everybody's looking at them, and now everybody's afraid of them. Mm. And now they're being summoned by Selby. Yeah. So it worked. Yep. The guns got pulled. Yes. Very, very interesting scene. Yeah. He just, like, had an on-off switch and just started wrecking everyone. I loved it. It was really cool. Yeah. It, it was kind of cool to see that he still has that in him because they're trying to make him, like, a normal person that's very nice and, you know, has a heart <laughs> ties back and to his last scene with his therapist too yeah he's got to hurt last people word rule was yep. not to hurt anybody and here he is in he's breaking it. and he didn't <laughs> respond to her he did not he he didn't lie or anything right. he just said what is that rule so 
yeah, they are led off to the um, room where Selby is is chilling in, basically, like back of the club situation. And Zemo wants info on the Super Soldier Serum, and he offers the services of the Winter Soldier in uh, a bartering situation. And he also obviously tells her, I will give you the code words. You can operate him. He's yours, but I need the info on this serum. And she pretty much says, okay, um, that sounds good to me. Here's the guy, and it is Dr. Wilfred Nagel. And he says, okay, wonderful, thank you. I need more. And she tells him, well, no, (laughs) I need more. Mm. So they're bartering, they're haggling. And Sam gets a phone call. And it's, it's poorly timed. Who's on the phone but his sister, Sarah. And Selby says, answer on speaker. Because she's already wary of him. She goes, you're, you're taller than, than the uh, rumors you know, say. And Sam is basically just looking forward. Just kind of smiles at her. And uh, Sarah's, Sarah's got a situation. She's upset at Sam. And he's trying to get her to say something that will sound, you know, good or tough. He's turning every word she says and using his bravado to make it sound like he did something crazy or or evil. And she starts yelling about Cheerios and stuff. And it's all going bad. And then at the end of the call, she calls him Sam. And Salby says, Sam. And she authorizes to kill. And so the guns are drawn. And before we know it, Selby gets shot yep. from somewhere. And we don't believe that any of them have a gun. And then the, when the camera turns to them, we see that none of them have a gun. Yep. So she was shot by somebody else. And a bounty immediately goes out on the three of them because everybody is under the impression that they were or she was killed by them. And in a chase scene where they are able to get away, who but Sharon Carter is revealed to be the shooter that actually not only killed Selby, but a couple other people as they were trying to get away. And she shows up and confronts them. That was an interesting thing to introduce us into Civil War Part Two. <laughs> two, two scenes from the trailer that were already used once again was you see Sharon Carter at the bar before all of that happens for just a split second. And that was in the trailer. And then when she confronts him later, that was also in a trailer. So I think we're almost at every scene from the trailer already being used. And we still have, what, like three episodes left? So Three episodes, yep. That's awesome. Um, I really loved this the scenes with, with Selby because, once again, like, Zemo, Zemo knows, man. He's manipulative. He knows that the Winter Soldier is not the Winter Soldier. Like if if he if they really made that deal and they just walked out of there, there's no code words to activate the Winter Soldier. Like there is no Winter Soldier anymore, basically. Like it's erased. Like he's who he's Bucky. Like so he made the deal of a century if that goes through. Because yeah. Bucky's just gonna be like, Okay, see you later, bye. <laughs> She's gonna use the code words and he's just gonna keep walking. Like <laughs> that's it. So um, but yeah, I mean, it, it sets up the rest of the episode. I thought Sharon, I thought Sharon would have some kind of role like this, um, where she saves them and then there's something else going on. 
Because, yeah, when we left off with her in Civil War, she was also one of those people that was, you know, on the run. She went rogue as well, trying to help Cap. And she says that to them. Like, you know, I stole the shield to help you help Steve (laughs) protect him from him. (laughs) And referring to Winter Soldier, then... Yeah, uh, she's been on the run for a while now. Yeah, right. Potentially years seven years if she was alive through the blip right so very interesting scene um it kind of got me out of nowhere to be honest like i kind of forgot that sharon was a part of this just because we've got so many different things going on and Mm. you you watch the trailer and of course you're reminded but i I didn't know who took that shot but I, i wasn't like when she came out i was very surprised not as somebody who was you know, thinking about what's happening just in the moment. It was like, oh, oh, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, very cool. Um, and like you said, she has some really awesome scenes coming, you know, later. Yeah. But also just what an introduction to Sharon now. And, and it once the again. The new it, it, Sharon Carter. <laughs> it, it fits the theme. Totally different. It fits the mold. Everybody's changed now. Everybody has, yeah. you know. Like I said, it's the Civil War Part 2. Right. Like and, this is, everybody's got a different story to tell now. Yeah. And, and going back to what I said about the GRC at the very beginning, GRC is trying to restore what's gone already while everybody else is moving forward. Everybody else is changing and embracing their change. So and some people can't move forward, and Sharon is one of those. Yeah, she is stuck on Magipor because Magipor does not extradite criminals, mm-hmm. and if she showed up in the United States, they would uh, arrest her on the spot, and probably worse because she's you know part of the whole vigilante Avenger stuff. And she tells them, as you said, she's been on the run. She's selling illegal artwork, and there's a couple jokes made about that where uh, Sam. <laughs> Sam's the only one kind of like out of the loop. Bucky and Zemo have <laughs> been there, done that. They know that artwork is stolen. and uh, Yeah, that was pretty funny. The Louvre and, yeah. and all that. <laughs> and so Falcon, she she takes them in up to, uh, what was it, Hightown, I said? Yeah. Mm. And she's got an awesome place. She's like rich there and is, uh, as I said, an art broker of illegal art. And Falcon tells her, I can get your name cleared if you'll help us. And there was some back and forth, but that's essentially the conversation at hand. And she rightfully basically says, well, how can you help me? You can barely help yourself, you right. know, and you were on the run too. And, and Falcon says, Hey, this, this guy murdered half, you know, half of Europe yeah. and the United States. And he's got a pardon and, right. and Bucky didn't take too kindly to that, but I can hear, um, you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, uh, Sharon, <laughs> It's pretty much saying, hey, okay, I will help you. You help me. Sharon is not the Sharon Carter we once knew. She is there to make a profit in every situation she has, every conversation she has. She doesn't trust anybody, but she will make a deal with you if both of you have something that the other person needs. Yeah. I mean, she's a uh, new Sharon. I, I think she kind of has to, though, right? Like She's I, desperate. She's in that and situation. So are they. Right. You're in that situation where you've got to do you and you've got to do what you can to get by or survive or whatever. Sometimes those, you know, morals that you once cling to kind of go out the window and you become something different. And, you know, once again, I feel like she kind of embraces that now, just like, you know, 
Bucky's kind of struggling to embrace himself, but he's working towards it actively. Sam is embracing himself, but also struggling with the idea of being something more than himself. Yeah. And Zemo's kind of like, you know what? I've changed. <laughs> like, I'm like, he's a lot different than we originally saw him. And he's embraced who he is now. So, and it's obvious in that club scene because he's the only one that's like vibing and, yeah, you know, he's in, doing his well, own He's been thing. in prison. I mean, yeah. come on, get, cut the guy some slack. A um, hundred year old Bucky just like, yeah. what is this? What a weird room of people, right? <laughs> right. And it feels like, and this isn't a negative thing or a slight towards Sharon, but of the four characters here, she's like the only one whose ideals and values are just completely different. Mm-hmm. Like she is not the same. Zemo is still driven by one purpose of ridding the world of these excessive idols pretty much. Yeah. And, you know, Falcon and Winter Soldier or uh, Sam and Bucky are still driven by the same things they once were driven by. There's just different circumstances. Mm-hmm. Sharon, her whole identity came from her family and helping a greater good, which was the government at the time, or S.H.I.E.L.D., which was you know right. like a subsidy of the government. Right. But now, everything she once knew and believed is a lie. Mm-hmm. And so she, in similar ways to Cap, had to discover a new purpose in life because Cap, once upon a time, was loyal to only S.H.I.E.L.D. pretty much. You know, the United States, sure, but S.H.I.E.L.D. was actually the one that was implementing him. So Sharon is just, she's a realist now. She's going, look, nobody's nobody took care of me, so why should I take care of other people? So now she fends for herself. You know, good for her. She's taken control of her situation. And similarly in the United States, sometimes, you know, you got to, start doing bad things to get somewhere so you can do good things you know like jay-z is always says i wouldn't be anywhere if i couldn't you know deal drugs first and you know that's that's not a life you want to glorify but it's also desperation breeds uh innovation Mm -hmm. in good and bad ways so it's been interesting to see sharon and it looks like we may just get uh you know a little bit of sharon this episode and she may or may not have a big uh role moving forward we'll talk about that later but what we saw this episode was a new sharon carter and she was pretty cool so i liked it and um guess what this episode and an episode of jersey shore has in common i never watched they're going back to the club (laughs) another club scene for falcon and the winter soldier so they go to a nightclub here was one question I wrote down bounty question mark because they went off to the club while they all three of them have a bounty on them so that's a little bit off-putting yeah, but yes and no go for it if if you're just trying to have a good time I don't think you're really worried too much right I if mean the guard's had, not really up like if you're a bounty hunter it's hard it, to believe because the prior scene had people chasing them down and then the subsequent scene had people chasing them down but they're just out at a nightclub and nobody cares yeah, a little weird that, for me. I don't know. I think that's possible. I think people that go to the nightclub, maybe there's not that many bounty hunters. Maybe they're all it around. Could the be streets. a different scene, right? But I, I didn't buy that one. That was the only thing. <laughs> uh, Sharon lets them. Sharon was there to find out info. They were just there to have fun or whatever. And the the one memorable part of this scene is they cut to Zemo and he's fist pumping and yeah, uh, yeah. that was a oh man, it's gonna be a great gift. 
That's going to be an awesome gift. Yeah. Can't can't wait 100%. to see that one implemented. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Dilemma time. It's GIF. It's GIF. It's GIF. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. I think it's if you graphic. say GIF, I, I, mm. and people will say, "Oh, the guy that created it calls it GIF." So, uh, so <laughs> it's it's GIF. That's it's my GIF. rebuttal. Like the, is graphic. It, is it is so a word? If it's graphic. if it's a GIF, then is the peanut butter GIF? No, because that's a J. That's exactly. So it's GIF. It's GIF. 100%. <laughs> that's the that's if this was a court case, you would have lost right there. <laughs> I have no clue what you just said. Um, Jif peanut butter. Yeah, it's a J. <laughs> it, that's doesn't have anything to do with anything. All right. Well, off they go. Uh, she finds out where they can find uh, Nagel, and they go to a port. And in the next scene, there's a lot of ports in this in the MCU. Port town. Uh, <laughs> and they they find a shipping container that is supposedly where Nagel works, and. It's so weird because they just like walk into a shipping container. It's completely empty, and they're like, "What are you talking about? This isn't him." We we said the exact same thing too. Like Bucky's like chilling at the back, and we're like, "Don't go yeah, in! Don't, don't go in!" I was <laughs> like, "That door is gonna close. <laughs> you guys are never getting <laughs> yeah, out of there." Yeah. Um. Yeah. Why would all three of them? Right. I've seen designated survivor. You're yeah. supposed to leave one person outside. <laughs> and how trustworthy is Sharon? You just remet her. Right. So I guess yeah. it's good that they put Bucky with like his left arm towards the the door, so that if someone tried to shut slam. it, he would just yeah. like boom, knock it off. That's a fair thing. He could probably break that door down. You know, you got Winter Soldier with you. you got a shot. <laughs> so they enter the shipping container, and there's nothing there. She, they're it's empty and. Then, you know, Zemo, again, is like the the savvy veteran here. And they, they find a way in by just pushing pushing their way through. And that's really cool, by the way. Like, the, the door container. is a shipping container, <laughs> and it leads to this, like, basement laboratory. Right. That's so, so cool. cool. And they are inside his lab, and he's got music playing, so he's distracted. He doesn't seem to be a threat at all. He's just there vibing in his, in his lab. And they go up to him and they start speaking to them or to him and while they're speaking to him Sharon notices I mean countless bounty hunters outside looking for those three mm-hmm. and this is where she goes it, like full fighting mode and we get some awesome combat she was always trained she always had the abilities but now it seems like she's on another level like mm-hmm. she's taking on two at a time She's not got a weapon. She has no weapon. She's using their body weight and their momentum against them and their own weapon against them. So I was super impressed as we were discussing earlier. This is a different Sharon. And I just, I loved seeing her specifically beat some bad guys up. Me too. That was an awesome scene. She was like UFC fighting these guys. Like you said, like no weapon. She doesn't need one. She is a weapon. Yeah. So these like, hands. Yeah, these hands. <laughs> Registered. <laughs> right. Uh, it was very cool. Very, very cool to see her whipping up on the baddies. Her aunt would have been proud. Very, very much so. Wait. Cap would have been proud. Yeah, aunt. That's her aunt. I, that threw me off. I don't know why. That <laughs> aunt My Peggy. brain went poof. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a while since we've seen her. Right. Um. So as as she's taking care of business outside TCB, they are talking to Nagel and trying to find out information. And he tells them that he was brought into Hydra originally 
and was working on the super soldier serum was recruited then to the cia once hydra collapsed and so that's interesting because like the cia is not often referenced in this um in the mcu so anything that's like american intelligence is always interesting and in the cia the cia had the blood from isaiah which was the samples that we were um, given reference to by isaiah in the previous episode uh the first black super soldier and he was able to isolate compounds for the super serum that they once had with um, dr selvig in captain america the first avenger and never were able to recreate up until this doctor uh, was able to do it however before he was able to finalize the serum and put it to use he was dusted in the blip Mm. so he he i wrote down in quotation subtle optimized perfect this was the best version of the serum that we've seen so far apparently from his words which um is relevant because earlier in the series you, you were thinking that maybe it was like a black market version of it yeah and maybe it still is you know it's the, the creator's talking about his own thing here but it kind of makes sense because this is like a stealthy version whereas when captain america walks in the room you immediately know uh-oh yeah but this is just like a little girl walking around who has the strength of who knows and i don't know how strong she really like is puffed out and she's not like yeah she's just like they thought she was a hostage we've right. seen it in in play already yeah so he said this actually doesn't change your body at all on the outside it just changes everything on the inside how whack is that <laughs> you're not a fan huh <laughs> You want to no, be swole? Think, think about that. Hey, you, you get think of little serum. Steve. <laughs> hey, come to, <laughs> he just starts Steve is just running everybody. up to people yeah. looking like Urkel. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. That would be funny, Huge though. Huge head. It's like Ant-Man, though. Like We're basically <laughs> roasting Ant-Man when he gets into small, <laughs> small Ant-Man. Yeah, that's a punch, true. But that's true. Yeah, I mean, th- that was interesting. We, we kind of got a mini backstory from uh, Dr. Nagel there of who's implicit which the cia is involved here they were hiring to make super soldiers Mm. which is a whole nother story that we may get one day that i hope we get one day because i want to see i want to see american government be brought to justice through the mcu yeah (laughs) you know i I mean hmm, they've already kind of hinted at that but it was quickly like axed but like man if you had like uh, 20 super soldiers just Man, that's insane. And only the United States had them? Ooh. That would have been... I mean, that's like us having all the nukes in the world, basically, right? Well, we don't. We have, we have <laughs> There's a lot, lot of countries. Oh, well, yeah, they, they have them, but we have the vast majority of, of what's out there. It only takes a couple. That's true. Fair. It's like that's an fair. anthill, and we go, well, <laughs> you only have one shoe. <laughs> like, well, what are you... How are you supposed to defend against the one shoe? Right. Bigger boot. Um, <laughs> and he mentions that when he turned to dust, the program dissolved. So when he came back, he actually went to the power broker and the power broker funded the rest of his super serum, uh, research and actually putting it into a real usable serum. That's a real villain to get yes. snapped. Come back five years later. A and real have villain. The same intent as when you left. Well, Cause it's sleep. I mean, he just we've, was like what we've seen from all these <laughs> he hit the ground running yeah like he he's got probably holding back. the vial he was know? like oh hey uh power broker get at me 
Yeah, and, and he made 20 vials. So, uh, And we're, we have to take him to face value because we don't know if he's telling the truth, but we have to assume. And so there's 20 vials of this stuff, and Carly Morgenthau stole them all. Mm-hmm. And this is where we also find out um, – uh, well, not quite yet, but uh, Sam reached out to Torres about uh, – oh, yeah, this is where we find out about Danya. Uh, Madani and that she has tuberculosis mm-hmm. so this is where it came full circle and so Carly is somewhere out and about she has 20 vials and she's used some of them and the rest of them we we find out a little later she's going to try to use for kids in camps so we kind of get an idea of what her intent intent is but back to Nagel for the moment Zemo Zemo finds out everything he's, he needs to know because when the, when he's asked if there's any vials left or any serum left, he says no. And it's only a couple moments later, Zemo puts a bullet straight mm-hmm. through uh, Nagel, and he's gone. Yeah. Very uh, to the point. Like, gets the information he needs. Yeah. All right, you're done. It's like and I think night. he's, once again, he's kind of protecting what he wants. He doesn't want there to be a bunch of super soldiers around, so this guy doesn't have any more vials on him. And he's the only one that knows how to do it. Right, so let's just kill him. (laughs) It could be written down somewhere. It should be written down somewhere. Well, it got blown up, right? The entire entire thing gets blown up because of that. Yeah, there was... Was that a bazooka? I'm not even... I'm not good with with guns. A rocket launcher. Okay, rocket launcher. Um, I think that's, that's such a weird term because... It's used kind of universally, but bazooka, I think, implies like the rocket is inside of the launcher and being projected out. It was exposed in this one. Rocket launcher, the RPG being the most prominent one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and one thing I found interesting, there may may be nothing, but, you know, as you said before, they don't usually do things for no reason. When the shipping container was shot and blown up and everything's on fire, it showed a bunch of vials that were tipped over they were closed but tipped over and only some of them had been taken out i don't know if there was something in there that was relevant i don't know if anybody escaped with it but there was vials yeah. <laughs> of something and i'm not sure what it was but if anybody grabbed it it's probably zemo yeah would be my impression and what's interesting about that is like if he knows how to create super soldiers or the super <laughs> yeah. soldier serum what else does he know like does he know things about the hulk does he know things about, you know, insert whoever here? Like, there's, man, like. <laughs> what if Zemo used super soldiers to rid the world of super soldiers? He That's used the stones to destroy the stones. He used the stones <laughs> to destroy the stones. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I wouldn't. I Where wouldn't does that bring them? you? Back to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that Zemo could have said that in the prison. Yeah. And, oh, that would have been great. Yeah. They have to shoot their way out because there's more and more bounty hunters now. Mm. Sharon took care of business as long as they were down there, but now that they're exposed, they have to uh, you know go with a gunfight, and we get some some you know classic, classic. buddy cop comedy. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, told I, go, you go I told you go left, which is a callback <laughs> yeah, to exactly. Star Lord, <laughs> which is one of the greater like super sad but really funny moments where Star Lord is telling everybody to stop and they all start walking past them. <laughs> he's got the gun oh to her head gosh. and he's like I said go left. 
<laughs> like, <laughs> that was a funny scene, man. That was They're great. just like Drax completely ignoring Star Lord's command to stop and right and yeah and go left and everybody's good. Yeah, mm. loved it. Uh, and Guardians, Guardians putting on a good <laughs> showing right now in the uh, NCAA version of our Marvel bracket. So we'll mm. we'll see how that goes. I'm super excited for that. Uh, Zemo is now donning the mask. Mm. He's got the mask on. So we got Mask Zemo. We got Comic Zemo. One of the weirdest weirdest things in this episode. He puts the mask on for like all of two minutes. Yeah. Just to take it off because he gets intrigued because he sees a car. He feels... It's it's like when you put on the mask, you got to go full Zemo. So maybe he just what was you, working his way up to it. it. Yeah, Superman does have. Plus, it's probably really on. hot, and Magipor it, looks it, like it's, it's really it, hot. Yeah, it smells like acid apparently. So <laughs> acid. But yeah. How did something smell like acid? A whole town. It's what. Yeah. No, he said it. Yeah, Sam. Sam's like you know, it smells like acid. And he said that's, that's Magipor. That's Magipor. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's where There's we're some going. Some areas of Chicago, that some areas, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Southside and Zemo. I we love our Southside people. Well, White Sox are killing, killing it. it. I, I'm a Cubs fan, but the White Sox are they're gonna be a fun team to watch this year. Um, so Zemo's got the mask on. He's killing people. He's going, you know, full blast, taking people out, and all of a sudden. Brand new whip just hopped in. Zemo mm. comes around the corner with a fire car. And I I don't know about you, but I was like, at every moment when something goes wrong, I feel like Zemo's about to run or like <laughs> Zemo's going to pull something. Yeah. And I'm like, where is he at right now? Because he's so back and forth, it feels like. But really, he hasn't done anything wrong yet. It's just It just feels like he is. Yeah. So he pulls around and he's... He's ready to go. He 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 hooked them up. He could have left them. Yeah. But it feels easily. like there's a symbiotic relationship. They all need each other right now. And Zemo's still still standing strong. Glad you said that because it reminds me of what exactly an anti-hero is. You just always expect them to do something horrible and then they're yeah. just like, "Oh, hey, uh, let's go." You're surprised <laughs> when they do the good thing. Right. Cuz they're ultimately driven by something bad. You know, it, it, maybe there's a good result, but the bad way to do it, as you said before. Ulterior motive. Yeah, for sure. 100%. And I think that's what we're going to find out eventually. Yeah. Like, he, he, he has another motive, for sure. Yeah, there's no way he's leaving this series as, like, mm. a hero. Right. Can't right. see it. But he's not going to – he's going to be a – he's going to be a lovable anti-hero, for sure. Well, he's hilarious. He's great. I instantly, he instantly became like a, a, a must-see character for me. Like, yeah. before the show I thought he was, but now he's like, pfft, yeah, he's easily. I want to I wanna see a lot more of Zemo. See, I, I completely disagreed. I, I hated him in Civil War. Not that he was a, a bad character. I just despised him. Like, he was annoying to me. He was a lot of things that I don't like in, in any character. And I just, like, I was just off put by him at, like in it. all scenes i was not into it I so i really like that they gave him a a fun side that was very interesting and like it's almost like now i'm i love to hate him instead mm. of like before i was almost uninterested in a lot of his story until we got to the end of the movie and so this was a really nice change for me so you went full shack i wasn't interested man you're just oh 
Yeah. I didn't like the taste. <laughs> and Not then it at hit all. you. And you were like, wait a minute. There's something to this. Yeah. I, I, I appreciated his story, but when I heard Zemo was like coming back to Falcon and Winter Soldier, I wasn't that excited. Um, but I, I didn't know where they were going to go with it. And it's really cool to see that he is very true to what he said. He's basically told them at the end of the movie, I'm not such a bad guy. I'm in a bad circumstance and I don't want super soldiers and I'll do anything I have to do, even evil stuff to do it or to make it happen. Right. And he stayed true. And once again, I mean, he's got a point. If you create a super soldier that instantly raises the power of who that super soldier worked for works for. So if it's the United States, the United States military is like boosted by that. So then after that, every other country in the world, much like nukes, will have to, yeah. They'll have to have some have kind of nuke. The power. <laughs> yeah. They have to have some kind of nuke on hand now. And then similar to that, other worlds take note as we've seen, you know, in Age of Ultron, yeah, when Stark tried to build a shield around the the earth. So like, mm-hmm. yeah, it escalates. You mm-hmm. start with one. And, and Captain America was the first Avenger. Yeah. So he ultimately had this pure hatred for him because without Cap, none of this probably would have taken place. There would have been no Tony Stark because mm-hmm. he wouldn't have seen, you know, certain lore other than his ego, but it might have been shot down very quickly mm-hmm. because they became acceptable when they started actually helping people, you know, in, in the Avengers. And to Zemo's point once again, too, though, it's like, okay, everybody has a nuke. All it really takes is the one leader that's, you know, kind of out there, crazy, insane person, and they get upset by something, and you have one in the air now. You have a super soldier out here killing folks. So completely kind of agree with that, actually. Yeah. There's 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 relatableness mm-hmm. to it. Uh, Zemo, when he pulls the car around, he's saying, "We got to go find Carly." Yeah. So this is the next step, the next step in the storyline, and <laughs> this is a really, really interesting line when Sharon she says to to Sam, "Get me that pardon," and then mm-hmm. she leaves, and she tells the woman that has a car there for her what she say exactly here she says we've got a big problem and i'll tell you about it in the car yeah what's going on here this Who's is she what reporting I'm talking to? about is maybe maybe she's kind of embraced this yeah new reality this new life i wonder how she got all that money right so if she could be she could be maybe working for Ross, maybe, and is like kind of in like cahoots, you know? Like she's not, uh, not everything is, you know, she's, she's, she's lying and using cover or whatever to, because that does kind of seem like if I disappeared, right, and then I come back and I, I'm rich. And and you're like, oh, you know, it's it's good to see you again. You know, what what have you been up to? And I'm like, oh, I've been selling art. <laughs> like, what kind of cover is that? <laughs> like, no, you have not been. 
So I, I don't know. Maybe she's being genuine. Maybe, you know, can't really. But I, I don't know. I think that scene kind of she's she's working for somebody. Like she's either working for somebody Ross or she's like she's the top he has dog. No power in Madripoor. He's irrelevant there. And everybody's favorite theory right now, of course, is that she's working for the power broker. It's possible. So I I don't feel strongly either way on that yet. I, I do feel like the, just that line, we've got a big problem, means she's coming back in this series mm-hmm. in some, some way. And my my issue, and you can tell me if I'm being dumb and missing something here, is if she is working for the power broker, why did she kill Selby, first of all? Because Selby seems to be almost working for the power broker and you know keeping track of things, making mm-hmm. sure nothing goes too crazy. And why did she let the doctor die like why did they lead lead her or lead them to the doctor that there seems to be holes that i can't get around for that but you know it's it's marvel and they'll they always make sense of things on the back end so i think personally if she's working for the power broker then the power broker's ross because okay (laughs) if they're going the route of the thunderbolts that makes sense because if the doctor has been working on a super soldier serum then maybe the other serums were something like a hulk and then ross can become red hulk like he is in the comics okay and the reason he would want him dead is well you gave me everything i need now i just need to go kill carly and take back the serum and even if i don't i'm the red hulk and now I have, you know, Sharon working with me. I can convince Zemo that he's right. And now Zemo, part of the Thunderbolts, Winter Soldier, maybe two. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's a that's a thing. I did notice on the on the wall, like behind them, when they enter Madripoor, and it says like the Power Brokers watching, watching the eyes. I don't know why I got this vibe, but like Anthony Hopkins in as Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> like that's what it looked like. Like well, those eyes were staring. If Odin's the power broker, then we <laughs> got insane. we've got questions. Right. <laughs> right. It just I got those vibes looking through the eyes. Like they were just like staring through me. I would never like, be mad was, if we get more Anthony heck? Hopkins, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Hannibal Lecter is the power broker. <laughs> it's like scrappy doo. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like the end of the Scooby Doo movie. Um, well, let me Mr. Bean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Mr. Bean. Well, the, the, it seems James like the, Bond, the two or the most popular, maybe not most popular, but most scandalous guess has been White Vision. Have you seen that? I have not seen that, but that's it's been brought up that maybe he's power broker, <laughs> which that's, is a little that's a little wild because he, he just escaped. He <laughs> like, just escaped. He's, I feel um, like Power Broker would have to have deep connections on for a long that, time in Madripoor. Yeah, on top of that. Yeah, he's been ruling Madripoor for a while. Well, and there could be multiple. There could have been a passage of of power or something, but True. But uh seems a little out there. I thought uh, I'd I, mention it just cuz I've last seen it. person because of his rationale. I think people just want White Vision. They <laughs> they're fit, like yeah, they're fed up with this this another series. We want WandaVision 2. Give me White right, Vision. Yeah. Right. That's it's, it's exactly what it is. They, there's probably somebody out there that thinks Power Broker's Mephisto. Oh, no doubt. 100%. Well, he is Mephisto. And, right. We know this. Yeah, we know this. <laughs> so would you handicap Ross as the favorite for you right now? 
No, I don't really know that I have a favorite. It's like, hard. It's, it's hard. It's, it could be anybody. It's the thing. That's the one thing in this show that's kind of like, and and it's obviously going to be the big reveal of the show. Yeah, that we really didn't but even like know about going in, which is interesting. But that's it, and that's what's so cool about this series. What if it's Paul Bettany. Paul, <laughs> Paul Bettany. It's Dryden Voss from the Solo movie. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, we got Carly. She was in, in Solo. She was in Solo. Yeah, maybe it's a... Uh... Paul Bettany <laughs> walks out. Sorry. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Maybe it's or the Mark dude. Hamill. No, no, no. <laughs> we What's finally get name? our Mark Hamill. Um, Skywalker. Oh, my gosh, no. Uh, what would the most fun be? Fun one be the, uh, for you? Oh my gosh, dude! Howard the Duck. Howard the Duck. Yeah, <laughs> it's Howard the Duck. He's got his like, rocks on. <laughs> it's Galactus. Calls him his quacks or something. Right. Galactus. Yeah. Oh, I'm trying to think of a name though. He was in Solo, but he was also in the funny like a post-apocalyptic movie with Jesse Eisenberg. He was like the funny redneck. Oh, post-apocalyptic movie. Yeah, you remember it was really popular when we were kids. He wants his GD Twinkie. Anything when I was a kid. He wants the Twinkie really bad, and they keep finding like snowballs. I don't even know what you're talking about. You don't, Jesse. It's like Jesse Eisenberg's like first really big movie that he took off in, and it was like they're hunting, they're killing zombies. Social network, and we're not. That's not the synopsis. Yeah, they're like (laughs) killing zombies. Oh, he's very funny. He's so funny. Yeah, that's completely different. That's uh, Um, with. uh, Oh my why gosh. do you why do you why? make us think of names and we <laughs> sound like know. complete idiots because yeah. I literally just watched this like two months ago. Right, it's a sequel that just came out like a year yeah. ago. He's so funny. It had Emma Stone in it. I was just thinking, what if he was the power broker? Well, That'd now we got to think of the name, and now yeah. I'm really uh, ticked off because you know somebody's what? yelling at us. I don't us even right know now. what the movie. Is. Yeah, somebody. It was the screaming. zombie killing movie, and it has. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh! <laughs> I was gonna say Robin Williams, <laughs> but it's. It's uh, uh, old boy from Space Jam, who's a big Cubs fan. Why do we get into oh, names? Oh yeah, Bill Murray. Yeah, Bill Murray. Yeah, Bill Murray. Um, but it, but we're not thinking of Bill. It's a good movie. We're uh, no, we're trying to think of the movie. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. Uh, oh my gosh, <clears throat> look what you do to us. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it, it's really bad. It's, it's about uh, uh, rules. It's for... called Zombieland. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So and we then got the Zombieland right. Part Two, and oh it's about my. Jesse and his rules of dealing with zombies. We just wasted three minutes trying name? to find out. What the zombie movie was named? <laughs> its name is Zombieland. <laughs> you want to know the it's name? It's a Marvel now? podcast, darn it. <laughs> Woody Harrelson. Well, I know Woody Harrelson was in there. That's who I was thinking of. Wait, what are we even talking about? I was thinking it would be funny if Woody Harrelson is the power broker. Well, he's in Solo too. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's where oh I was. My go- God. This podcast has gone to shambles. Off the rails. So fast. Jeez. Names are going to be the end of this podcast. Okay. My we question was, what would be your most fun, or was Woody Harrelson the answer? <laughs> it would be hilarious. If it was already somebody in the MCU, who would you want it to be? Ross. Oh, okay. I would want it to be Ross because of that, because I think okay. maybe that's what, yeah, because you said that they they panned into the other vials. Yes. Kind of prominently. Yes. Maybe that's why. And it was like a blue liquid, by the way. That's There's like a... There was like a blue. There was like there's a, a green. green something too. Right. That was in like a beaker. Yeah. I've watched big beaker. Uh, Enough Breaking Bad. To- it's a Breaking Bad. I couldn't think of a name. <laughs> oh, oh, like the greatest show again. of all time. <laughs> what is it about names? Names. Man? They're difficult. Terrible. <laughs> That's just whack. Right. Did you watch the Space Jam trailer. Uh, it came out today. 
No, I, I haven't yeah. watched it yet. Well, we'll discuss that later. That's I a, know. Uh, that's a whole other issue. <laughs> What's her name? Is Lola Bunny? <laughs> um, all right. What is? What are we talking about here? Okay, back to what's this thing called? Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah. Um, where are we at here? All right. So Carly, um, we go off to Carly, and she's talking to a friend who's a part of the Flag Smashers, and we find out. She wanted to be a teacher. She she was just a kid that wanted to be something normal. Not that teachers are anything, you know, above and beyond normal, but mm. she wanted a normal life. And she wasn't able to get that because when the blip happened, everybody was put out on the street that was, you know, in an orphan situation or troubled or any of that. Basically, the priority and what we've seen so far uh, correlates that where the the priority when the blip happened was everybody either with money or the ones that were already in uh, the world. So the people that came back were screwed. Mm-hmm. And she referenced Danya as Mama Danya that we've heard before, but we know this character now. And so this was somebody who was very important in her life and she wanted better for Mama Danya. And that is where she we find out that she wants to give the serum to kids in camps. And she says, we're fine now because we have the last of the serum and the power broker will come to us begging. Mm-hmm. And so she now feels like they're in a position of power, which I don't know if that makes her more or less dangerous, but that's where she's at mentally right now. I would think maybe less dangerous. Yeah, because she's, she's going to be acting a little too comfortable, a little too irrational. Uh, we see her like kill people, like they blew up the building, or yeah, holding people, kind of crazy. As they were leaving, she took her first life, like mm. unnecessarily. Yeah. What I thought was really interesting, though, is the uh, GRC is like holding back supplies from people, and they're like Robin Hooding the supplies, stealing them, and then giving them back, which is uh, very interesting. Um, cause like I said, I, I don't think that they're really like a villainous group, you know, until this happens and you know, it's not justifiable, but it's understandable because of everything else that's going on. Like, why are you hoarding supplies that could easily be used to help people? You know, that seems more like a villainous type of, of idea at least. So yeah. Um, but yeah, I think she's gonna be less. She's gonna be more vulnerable because now she's got you know John Walker coming after her. She's got Falcon and Winter Soldier and Zemo coming after her, and the Power Broker. She feels like she has leverage on the Power Broker when maybe if it is Ross, then he probably doesn't even want those Super Soldier serums. He just wants them destroyed. And I don't know. I, I there's a lot going on here. Absolutely, and her story is getting more and more interesting she's becoming you always got to kind of look at like who are they making look sympathetic because the visuals are very important Mm -hmm. and speaking of that john walker and hoskins haskins no it's hoskins go to the prison to see what happened with zemo breaking out and they find out that Bucky and Sam were there at the time of the breakout and he's convinced that they're the ones that did it. Mm -hmm. And 
what we see here is John basically saying, I'm done playing by the rules. A uh, little bit of cap in him in that scene because he's tired of the restrictions. He he wants to get ahead for the first time, and he doesn't see the government as his way of doing that. So Hoskins rem basically remarks, so we're, we're I take it like we are not going to abide by the guidelines anymore, are we? We're going to go off the grid. And that is what it looks like. So John Walker and Hoskins are now armed and dangerous is the way I would put it. I mean, that gun has not seen any usage yet. Mm -hmm. But I would say we're going to see some more intimidating yep. John Walker coming up. Kind of like when you poke a bear, right? I've never poked a bear. <laughs> Me neither. I've never been to enough, Russia, though. Not to. Yeah. Um, I think uh, I think this is really where he becomes the villain. Uh, if not the villain, he becomes like something as close as you can get to being a villain. Yeah, there's a bunch of like villains and half villains in this series. Yeah, because I I think I think that this power broker maybe kind of knew in advance about John Walker, so maybe that's why the Super Soldier Serum is created because he knows he's not, and he knows that he has to be replaced, stuff like that. I don't know. That, the power broker to me now is the most interesting thing because it's just that you don't know. And it's probably going to take a couple episodes for us to get it because I would yeah. assume that the next episode we're going to get probably John Walker and Hoskins fighting Winter Soldier and Falcon yeah. quite a bit. I right. think that's going to be a lot of the next episode. And that leads us straight to another plane scene. This seems to be the therapeutic plane because they start talking again. Uh, this time about the history of the shield and its relevance, what it means. Uh, Sam is of the mind that it's just kind of a metaphor and it has issues. And, you know, you see the way Isaiah was treated. There's a lot of problems with it. And Bucky is pretty much saying, absolutely, but it's real. It's standard for some, or stood for something. Uh, it's, it's cap stood for something. Mm -hmm. And so they're kind of fighting, kind of agreeing about the significance of the shield. And ultimately it leads to Sam saying, maybe I should have destroyed it because of what it's, what it says or what it means. And Bucky follows that up with, uh, before you get the chance to destroy it, I'm going to take it from John. Yeah. Which immediately led you to say like, Oh, okay. Maybe Bucky, is going to take his a whack at being the you know Captain America, and yeah. I I don't disagree that that seems to be at least the immediate plan for Bucky is grabbing that shield and taking ownage ownership of it. Yeah, I mean it's been hinted at so many times already. So many. Winter Soldier, like one of the first scenes, he fights with him. He snatches the shield before it hits him or something. Uh, he uses it against Cap as Winter Soldier. Uh, he's already grabbed it in this series. Uh, I mean, it's they've always hinted that Bucky would be Cap or that there's always the implications there. I would rather see Sam have that redemption and become Cap, but it just seems like now he doesn't really want to. Like, And it's not like it's cemented now. Like he didn't really want to before because of this or that, but like, now I don't think he ever wants to touch it again. So 
And he's kind of adapted. I think it's ironic, though, but he's kind of adapted what Zemos said. You know, once again, Ozymandias, you know, like the symbols, you know, we kind of idolize that too much. And maybe we need just Sam Wilson. We don't really need, you know, Steve Rogers 2.0. We need Sam Wilson. So uh, it's it's a very interesting commentary. Um, I think it would be really cool to see Bucky as Cap, but I'm not going to like hold my breath on that just yet. I want to see where it goes for sure. Yeah, I, I'm I'm like I'm boggled right now. <laughs> I yeah. don't know where this thing's going. I, I think you're right. If I was to make a guess on who's fighting next episode, it would probably be the confrontation between those two and Hoskins and and John. Because at some point Sam and Bucky have the shield. So it's like there's only so much time left. Mm-hmm. They gotta get it at some point here. And then there's going to be final battles where I'm assuming they would have the shield. So what I'm well, interested in seeing too is when they fight what happens because I think we could we could potentially get a scene where like Walker throws the shield and we've seen him throw the shield like we know he knows it he he's knows got how game. to use it yeah. yeah and he throws it incapacitated Sam for a little while and then it's boom like him and Bucky one on one and then we get like Hos- I, I want to see what Hoskins can do. Right. Can because he do he's, he's Battlestar in the comics, which I didn't know uh, because who would? But like. Uh, which Sam laughed at and Bucky said, I'm out. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I want to see what, what can happen here because you kind of get the, you know, vibes of Hoskins kind of being like the sidekick and like no, oh, nobody really sure. gives him any cred. Like the wide receiver, definitely. <laughs> yeah, 100%. 100%. So maybe he's got some game that we haven't seen. And he and Sam fight or whatever, or, you know, maybe he fights Bucky. Maybe he's got that gall within him to say, you know what, I'm going to go toe-to-toe with a super soldier <laughs> and as the sidekick. <laughs> and so... My question would be, is John Walker fighting to kill? Because that uh, changes things. Because they're, they're not going to win that fight between yeah. those two. I think it would have to be because yeah. he knows he can't win that fight, I don't think, because he might be able to take Sam out. but Penny might be able to take Bucky. He might be able to take but Bucky. But I think at this point, Hoskins is going to be the lowest on the totem pole of the four, mm-hmm. and it might become a bit of a situation where Sam and, and Bucky are able to gang up. Hoskins is going to have to be in like a helicopter. <laughs> shooting like down shooting down at them for him to have a chance the frisbee yeah uh frisbee <laughs> all you need is a kite against the helicopter to get caught up in the yeah the wings yeah uh the wings. is that what it's called propeller Pro- helicopter has propellers yeah yeah that's that's what they're called yeah typically two sets one lower, one, one higher. One okay. high, and then one on the wing. Got you. Back. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. Like yeah. the little fans you get at zoos. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's super hot, and you spray yeah. in it, and it just <laughs> evaporates before yeah. it gets to your skin. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I, th- I think John, the thing about him is that he is, I think he is very formidable opponent for them uh, because he doesn't have super soldier serum, but he shows, str- like, the strength of a super soldier which is interesting, but I just don't think he has that kind of experience. Like he doesn't have that. He might, 
be about killing, but he might not be about killing, if you know what I mean. Like, Winter Soldier's been there, done that. You know what I mean? So, like, if they actually do get into a fight, no. he's going to yeet the the uh, shield at him, and Winter Soldier's okay, just going to yeah. grab it and just, like, pop I was, I was right in say, the Winter chest. Winter Soldier's not about to like, kill anybody. No. Um, that would be cool, though. Like, no. if he just, no, not kills him, but, like, fights and then he snatches the shield back and he just says some like one liner yeah. about the shield being his and then just stomps him out. I can yeah. see it. Yeah. Um, what are the chances John Walker does take the serum? I mean, he has to, right? He's, Eventually, he's if he wants to, to that, stay. He's getting that villainous tendency where he's like, what do I need to be better? What do I need to do? What do I need to Which get Which would mean he'd have fear? to get to Carly first. Right. Which and is, I maybe think, I think that's his intention. He will take it to fight mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Sam and Bucky. And if he does that, he would be good stronger luck. than probably both of them. Yep. At that point, because of this elevated serum, like yeah. uh, Cap and Bucky got the essentially the same serum, mm-hmm. and John Walker would then have this upgraded one, and he would have the shield. Yeah. <laughs> and you know that arm is fantastic, but it, it's still an arm at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And uh, it seems like I, I kind of want John Walker to be Captain America after this series, just because I do. I love Winter Soldier and Falcon. Like I love their characters as who they are. Yeah, and and, yeah. and it's almost nice to have a Captain America that you're not like all gung ho about. You know, he's got yeah. flaws, like major flaws. Right. And so did Steve, but at his core he had a responsibility that he Morals. always called back to. Right. He had a North star that he was always driven by and, and John could get there, mm-hmm. you know, like I know he's annoying to look at sometimes, but I mean, he's a Kurt Russell's son for one, like he's, he's not some nobody. Yeah. So he's, he's there uh, in the acting world. And if they want to keep him in the series, which he is in the comics, like he's a legitimate mm-hmm. Captain America. Mm-hmm. It's not like he's an uh, inauthentic or fake one, like you know, possibly could have been. It would be it would be interesting to see. I just don't know where they'd go with it. I think um, what we're getting at though here with him is he's showing so many of these signs of like arrogance and all of this stuff, and that's exactly what John Walker is in comic book. Yeah, and like his intentions are very much for himself. So, and if that's the case, he takes a super soldier serum. Maybe it brings out an even darker side to him. Maybe not. Maybe it's been altered to not do that. But right. Does it emphasize does what's it within? Emphasize, yeah. Does it do that? Maybe and, it shrinks him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it has an adverse effect. Yeah. He loses it and he becomes big head Steve. <laughs> just the body shrinks. Yeah. Walks around like a bobblehead. Yeah. Or he ages and he actually becomes the grandpa and up. In re- <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. John Walker's going to be an interesting story mm-hmm. moving forward. They're and, fighting uh, in episode four, though. Guaranteed. Yeah, I can't wait to see that. I would love, yeah. I, I think that's going to happen. Because I, I think we'll see the power broker in episode five. And mm-hmm. then I think we'll see a showdown in episode yep. six. Same thing. So that's what I'm at least hoping for. Mm-hmm. And Torres has found Danya. Uh, so Sam made a call to find out, you know, where is Danya because that's where Carly was last. And so they uh, 
they find out where where that is and Zemo reroutes the plane, which is interesting because they were going somewhere. Mm-hmm. I don't know where they were going, but Zemo says change course. We're going to where was it? Latvia, mm-hmm. and I think it's Latvia, and so they're they're taking off on the plane towards there to go talk to um, whoever's around there to try to find Carly to track down the serum. John Walker is currently probably trying to find the serum and tracking down Captain uh, uh, Jesus Bucking Sam and Sam Bucky, Bucky. Yeah. and Zemo's alongside them still and Sharon is in Magipore. So that's where everybody's left off. And then we go to the Flag Smashers and as you referenced before, they were taking supplies and this time he he, he says, hey, you're going to get in your car? And she goes, nope. And all of a sudden there's a triggered explosion in the car that's right next to the building. The building's on fire. We see that they tied together, I guess you could call them hostages. They were like workers at the camp there, mm-hmm. whatever that place is. And they're all going to burn to death slowly, agonizingly. Mm. She's killing people now. And so that that is cool. Well, don't kill people, but that's cool because um, – that's an emotional reaction to somebody she cares about dying exactly. to me. That's what that says is she's done playing games. Mm-hmm. My one person that I cared about is gone. Mm-hmm. I don't care if I'm here or not anymore. I'm just going to do what I want to do. Right. That's what I see. And she's got that leverage or she thinks she has that leverage on the power broker. So yes, exactly. she's a big kahuna. Yeah. She's the main villain technically standing in this series because She's she's the one person that's doing bad things and she's doing them good for a good reason, but that's the one tangible villain we have right now. And there's gonna be bigger villains. Yeah, we know that. Hundred percent. And John Walker might end up on the more villainy uh, trajectory moving forward, but that's where we leave off with the flag smashers. And then we get uh, Bucky and Sam and uh, Zemo. They make it to uh, Latvia. Mm-hmm. And they're walking around the town, and I was so excited because you see these little bead things on the ground that look like little bombs almost, and they're beeping. And I have a I have a bracelet <laughs> of kamoyo yeah. beads, so yeah. I was like, "That's a kamoyo bead." As we yep. were watching, yep. like, that is a kamoyo bead. I know what a kamoyo bead looks like. <laughs> and um, we see one, we see two. And Bucky's following them, and immediately, I mean, you you know somebody from Wakanda's here. Just a matter of who. I was hoping it was Shuri, just because she's like the coolest character left for me. And uh, Io shows up, and Bucky basically is like, where are you? I know you're here. Mm-hmm. And turns around, and Io, who is uh, second highest member of the Dora Milaje, and the implications of that are interesting, because mm-hmm. one they don't usually travel without uh their king they don't leave wakanda much uh why did they send her and not okoye um where are they going with this yeah uh are we going to see something related to t'challa are they going to mention him by name are they going to discuss that he's no longer there what's happening here like all of a sudden black panther is not the character but the the scene wakanda is involved in this series and what she says is i'm here for zemo which makes complete sense because he killed killed their king right um and so they have unfinished business with him yeah 
So that makes sense in a nutshell, but they didn't have to do this. Like this didn't have to happen right away. So Wakanda will have some impact on this series and that could change some things moving forward. So did you have any strong thoughts either yeah, way on this? Yeah, absolutely. Because like you said, this is a very reactionary way of doing things for them. Yes. And it almost gives the implication that not only is what Zemo like not only has Zemo taken out T'Chaka, but it also gives an implication of what he's done has impacted Wakanda negatively all like now. Like something's happened. Like he's maybe done something already or done something in the past that's now affected the future. And maybe they tie that in. But yeah, this is super interesting. Super interesting. Because like I was telling to you, like maybe maybe he knows more than we think he knows. Maybe he knows a lot about like uh Namor or, or whatever. Maybe he knows something you know, it, because we don't really know too much about Black Panther 2 right now, but, like, you can tell that this might actually be something that sets that up. We also know, like, Kukler's doing, like, a Wakanda series, so... Probably more likely sets that one up. Right, right. But um, it, it's just so, so interesting because... I mean, maybe, maybe it sets nothing up. Maybe it sets nothing maybe up. Maybe it's just really it's just, important in yeah. this series. Right. Who knows? That's almost more intriguing. I and I see this as, like I said, I, I see this as he's not going to go back to prison. He's going to Wakandan prison after this. Like, they're going to hold him because he's already proven that he can break out of German prisons with ease. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, maybe he's going to be held in, in prison in Wakanda. And how does that affect? Because... If Namor comes in to Black Panther 2 as the villain, I'm assuming, personally, he wipes out, like, half of Wakanda. What happens if that affects, like, a cell, the jail cell, and now, once again, Zemo's back on the loose or something like that, you know? There's a, there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff going on. Do you think T'Challa's on. alive right now? In this, uh, of course, we're talking about this timeline. It's possible. It seems but like something he wouldn't do because yeah. he was the one that talked to Zemo. Yeah, he's and the they one. don't do anything without their ruler telling them to do it, which makes me wonder: is it possible that Killmonger? No, is there? I think what I think has happened is, and they might tie this in from the uh, Hickman Avengers is, uh, maybe they saw him as unfit because of the events of Endgame and Infinity War and what he's not willing to do. Maybe the ancestors are upset because he didn't protect the people of Wakanda. Even though they came back, they still technically died. They took mad losses. <laughs> right. There was a lot of people gone. And now all of them are back. How does the blip affect Wakanda? How did the past five years go for Wakanda without those people? I mean, these are very interesting right. times who because took over who when took over when he's gone? Black Panther was gone for five years. Five years. D M'Baku, was he still? M'Baku, I think, was still around. 
I'd say he was uh, number one. Okoye was still in line. Around. Those are probably the two most likely to have stepped right. up as ruler. Maybe Shuri, but Shuri almost seems like somebody who wouldn't want that no. role. She's no. the scientist. Yeah. She doesn't want to be making the like war decisions. Eventually she has to, I think. She might. But I, I think it's interesting because this is, once again, WandaVision doing what it did, talking about you know what, what happened with post-blip. It's affected everything. Because now that's what everyone's talking about. Every Everything that we've seen so far that they've put out has been stuff implicated by what happened when all of those people were brought back and how it's affected. And Wakanda is one of those things. They're not out of the woods with this either. Like they got affected horribly too, I would assume. And and they're vulnerable because everybody knows about them now. Exactly. Exactly. And if they have lost two kings and nine years or so, yeah. you know, they're, they're what, a target. And that also begs the question of if Namor is around and he has been around, then what would he do if he knows, oh, hey, Wakanda's vulnerable right now. Yeah, of course he's going to attack. And maybe right? they would submit. Exactly. Maybe he would be their king. I don't Who know. Knows? <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. But it, it brings really in cool. these really cool questions. Yeah. It brings in a lot of really cool questions. It brings in a lot of speculation as to what's going on. And that's kind of what we want. That's exactly what we want. Well, and there's also the idea of they went to Bucky, who we know has lived there for a time and was the white wolf and whatnot. But that's mm-hmm. not what I'm getting at. They didn't go to Zemo. They didn't just grab Zemo. Mm-hmm. They're going to Bucky, so are they going to be like, hey, you get this. We need him, mm-hmm. you know? And well, are they going to work out an agreement where, hey, we need him for another day? Like, there's something happening here where she wants to make a deal with Bucky, it looks like. It's because I think there's technology. Because they would know that maybe he helped him get out. Like, And if they know that, then it's like, well, if we, if we know that Bucky helped... Zemo escape prison then something's going on we want to bring Zemo down for sure and we want to put him back in prison for what he's done but we know that there's something else at play here and I think that's why they went to Bucky is because they know him number one but they also know the intentions like they fixed Bucky so they would know they would know what's up uh but it's interesting because the white wolf right like he's got (laughs) i i kind of figured this might come up at some point but like he's got connections in wakanda which is really 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 cool like and i mean we've known this for years for sure but like the fact that they're kind of bringing it back up is neat yeah and i mean i just i'm very curious to see if he is being asked to just give Zemo away or if they're not going to negotiate if if they just take Zemo and we no longer see him in the series or if we go to Wakanda mm-hmm. um, if T'Challa is mentioned is going to be a very big thing that people are going to be watching for mm-hmm. and I just it, it opens up so many weird possibilities which is really I, fun because that's what it's all about I don't know that they can mention T'Challa right now I think he's still going to be alive. Yeah, but it's too it's too close, right? Like it's uh No. Like, would they haven't have footage or anything? Would it just be his no, name that they mentioned? No, that's why I say mention. 
Not, not scenes, no. There's no way okay. he's in any scenes. But, but they the might thing, just mention the name T'Challa. That's all. I'm the thing referring. about it, too, like you said, is T'Challa kind of, in a way, kind of came to amends with with Zemo at the end of Civil War. Yeah. Which so, makes this really weird. Yeah, it makes it really awkward. Because uh, if he's still around, why isn't he there? So maybe, I'm assuming maybe that he's already gone. But like they've already kind of done something. The last time somebody betrayed Wakanda, T'Challa let him get away, and that was the whole reason he lost his power, pretty much, uh, because uh, I can't remember his name, but Daniel Kaluuya's character took Killmonger's side mm-hmm. uh, with Claw, and so now maybe he's going, okay, yeah, I did feel some sympathy for this guy, but he's going to come to Wakanda and face his his trial here. So I th- I can see it both ways, um, but I, I don't know. We're, we're we're completely speculating, yeah. And uh, I'm very curious to see where it goes. I'm gonna assume that T'Challa's gone by this point, and I, I that's can, why I can understand that. So, um, it's just gonna be interesting. And in who I hope we get answers. It, yeah, I hope we get. I like, just want to see why is she there. Yeah, and who is the real? Who's king making of, the calls? Right. Who is the one? Because that's where we get and a do lot we see of answers. Any other Wakanda. It's got to be set up for Black Panther too, to me, because this 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 sets things up, man. It really does. Because if there if there's a king that's not T'Challa, oof. Well, like, yeah, oof. I mean, if they do the king stuff, that obviously sets up Black Panther too. But I I don't know if they're gonna do anything with that. This could just be Bucky making a deal and having Zemo go off with mm. her, you know. Io. Yeah. But we we will see. Um, yeah. I don't know if we'll see next episode. I mean, I guess they'll have a conversation next episode because he's standing there talking to her. For sure. Uh, or maybe he gets taken back to Wakanda by himself. I, I don't know. You know, this is, who knows? Yeah. But we're going to see. Yeah. And all these storylines are going to come to a head eventually. We've only got three weeks left. And, boy, it's going to be a lot of fun. We have our tournament still going on, Marvel Madness. We are in the second round have some really fun matchups. We'll talk about that on a podcast pretty soon here. And I hope you guys are enjoying all the content. We've passed 3,000 likes on our page. It's been super exciting for us. And uh, this episode was our longest one so far. So I hope you guys got through it and enjoyed it. Please do leave some comments if if you're uh, listening and you've gotten to this part because <laughs> congratulations. Yeah, for uh, sure. And we appreciate it all. Uh, I, I know you feel the same way. Oh, yeah, 100%. This is, I mean, we're just having fun. And to have support from people and for people to uh, reach out to us or comment on a post within our Facebook group or, you know, give us uh, feedback or, like, questions about the show just to engage. And it's it's so much fun. It's it's almost, it's like building a community. And we're we're very very excited to have you guys along for this ride, and uh, <laughs> it's it's mind blowing. Look out for our new episode early next week. We really appreciate you guys. Hope you have a great day and enjoy yourself some more. Peace.